Hey everybody, welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis. This is episode 43, and I feel like talking about headaches and how medical marijuana can help them. But first, we're going to start with stoner moments, because I don't have a producer. Or worse yet, I am my own producer. So, let's talk about some things that I forgot to talk about in the last episode. Topical use for pets. I didn't even mention it, and I meant to write it down in my notes, but this is why I have to have an outline, because if I don't write it down, even sometimes if I do write it down, I just forget it. But topical use for pets is a great way to treat a lot of conditions that pets might have with their paws or with their skin. A lot of pets have allergy issues either to their food or to the conditions around them. And this is one way to treat both of those things and and help them be a lot more comfortable. And I would love to tell you that it's not going to be psychoactive if you use THC on your animal's skin. But one, I can't tell you that for sure because I don't know the thickness of every animal's skin. And then two, mostly um, because a lot of animals will lick it off and then they ingest it and that's a completely different process It doesn't take away from a lot of the benefits that they can get from using it topically, but it might also be a reason to bust out the cone of shame if you want to make sure that your pet doesn't ingest any of the topical treatment. All right, I'm going to hit this bowl here real quick instead of just holding it like an idiot, talking into it like a microphone when I have a perfectly good microphone right in front of me. Still on that golden pineapple for as long as I can be. It's just good energy, good vibes, clear-headedness. That's definitely what I need in my day because I did not get enough sleep last night. All right, moving on. One of the things that I should have probably talked more at length about was the use of painkillers with cannabinoids in regards to your pet. And this should also go for humans too. But when you combine cannabinoids and painkillers, you should reduce the amount of painkiller that you use in ratio to the amount of cannabinoid that you use. I mean, a lot of times it might just be easier to use half. And I know that scares a lot of people because it's easier to keep pain away than it is to make pain go away again. Um, but especially when it comes to animals, they are so sensitive to cannabinoids. And when you trigger the body's healing response system, it, it's more than likely going to make the individual sleepier. It's going to help the system regulate itself better. It's hopefully going to create a healthier individual And that healthier individual should also then require less opioid. Um, Unfortunately, one of the people I was helping, they gave one of their animals a very low dosage of CBD. When I looked into the test results for this company, it really didn't say that it had more than two milligrams of total cannabinoids. But when combined with the painkiller for her dog, who was in a very rough condition, and unfortunately was gone a few days after she attempted this. Um, But she gave him 
the CBD and the painkiller at the same time. And what she ended up with was a a very doped up dog. Uh, That's because the CBD probably triggered a very sedative response, even at that very low dose. Um, Again, because it's not by weight of the animal, it's by metabolism. So one milligram may seem very small for a 40 pound dog, um, but one milligram can be 10 times as heavy to a 40 pound dog as it can to a 12 pound dog based on the metabolism of those individual animals. And then when you also put in a a heavy grade painkiller on top of it, they're going to feel the the opioid like effects of that painkiller even more so on top of it. So one of the things that I would recommend to try and get around that is going back to the principle of trying to just keep pain away instead of make it go away again. Use the cannabinoid halfway through their painkiller cycle. And that way you can see if um, there's any relief from the actual cannabinoids and not just with the the painkiller itself. You you should actually be able to see when it comes time to treat with a painkiller again if they need as much painkiller that time, they might already be feeling a little bit better. You might be able to see it. They might already be really sleepy from the cannabinoids, so they might not be ready for a painkiller yet. And in that case, you might want to reduce the, the amount even further just to, again, help keep the pain away, um, but to not overdo it for the animal. Uh, I'm not a vet, so I can't I can't really say for sure. But I do think that it's really important to not overdo the painkillers for your animal as well as to not overdo the cannabinoids and to really make sure that you're watching them and uh, and, and just trying to listen to what's going on with their body because it can be so hard sometimes to, to really have a good understanding. But we love them and we try. Uh, personally, I, I have been using the cannabis oil, coconut oil that uh, I make, as well as the Soothing Soos. I like to use THC and THCA together in order to treat uh, skin issues, whether it's cuts or abrasions. And unfortunately, one of the canned foods that I was feeding my cat changed their recipe or something, and, and he started having an allergic reaction to that. And one of the signs of that in cats is they'll start to lick their belly. And there can be other reasons for this too, but out of everything that's been going on in our lives right now, it's more than likely this one type of food. So in order to discourage him continuing to lick his belly raw because there's food that's irritating the inside of it. One, I have to get rid of that food. And then two, in order to discourage it, I treat it with the cannabis oil, both the THCA for the inflammation and THC in order to encourage that skin turnover. And that really does the trick. And he kind of knows he doesn't, I wouldn't say he likes it, but he knows that when I'm applying the cannabis oil, it's going to start helping pretty soon. And you can see that the more I do it, the calmer he is about receiving it. We had the same issue with his cranberry. I have to give him cranberry supplements because he gets urinary issues. He's such a little cuddle furry monster of love. I love him so much. He's got issues just like me. We go together so well. 
but I have to give him cranberry supplements. And so he doesn't always like it, but he's not shy about giving me signals when he knows. And and I won't give away all his trade secrets, but uh, we, we definitely communicate. So I'm sure that you have that same level of communication if you are seeking out cannabis as a treatment for your animal. And all you got to do is really try and follow that intuition and start really, really slowly. All right. Now we're going to move into another section before I get to headaches. I want to get blunted really quickly. I was on Instagram the other day and I was just flipping through the timeline and I saw that Steep Hill had posted uh, this little thing about their Steep Hill Express. And I was like, what is Steep Hill Express? And apparently you can get a potency test in one minute with your sample still intact at the end of that test. So you can walk in with a sample, get the potency tested, and then walk back out with that sample and smoke it. So you actually know what the potency is of what you're smoking. That's incredible. Now at $35 a pop, it isn't really financially sound to do that for every bowl or joint or whatever you're going to uh, be smoking in every time. But as far as verifying the potency of a, a large batch for growers who can take multiple samples and get a really good average within just a few minutes of what their overall batch is, is incredible. The fact that if you really do need to be completely understanding of what the cannabinoid ratio is in something that you've been using to medicate, you can then take that in and get it tested and then know what the cannabinoid ratio is. So if you think you have a CBD strain, but you don't know what the CBD to THC ratio is, you could take that into Steep Hill Express for $35 in a minute, get your test results with your cannabinoid profile and voila, now you have answers. That's amazing. Part of the problems, it's only in Berkeley. (sighs) That part sucks. Another problem, I really need it for edibles and they don't do it for edibles yet. I really need it for that coconut oil for the Joker. I know this is one step closer and I just have to hold on. I believe it. Uh, And another thing, I don't know for sure if they test for the terpenes or not. It didn't look like it um, from what I had seen, but it was just a real cursory glance. I will be including a few links about that particular process. Um, It's using light refraction in order to give a readout about the composition. And I think it's spectacular. I can't, I can't wait for more. And, uh, and I'm really excited for what this is going to do for a bunch of different laboratory testing and how it could help standardize things and, and just make it so much easier for patients to have an understanding as well as cultivators and all that other stuff. But really, I'm more concerned with myself, patience. And I really do think that if terpenes aren't available now, it's not too far out of the way. I know that in general, when you're doing terpene testing, you need the gas spectrometry, but I'm still going to put my faith in science. And all you mad scientists. 
especially you pot-loving ones, yeah, bless you. All right, you guys, let's talk about headaches. Now, I know I've talked about headaches before. In fact, I think I bring up headaches quite frequently, but I really wanted to do something that was targeted just for headaches. And unfortunately, like chronic pain, um, and a lot of people who experience headaches experience it as a chronic pain, there are a lot of different options and a lot of different reasons, just a lot of different factors that go into both understanding the cause of your headache and understanding how to provide relief from it. I do have a few friends who suffer from headaches, uh, one specifically migraines, her whole family, uh, the women suffer from migraines, unfortunately. And then I have another friend who suffers from chronic daily headaches. And I'm not sure that either one of them know exactly the cause of their headaches, but they both have been able to find cannabis answers to address their headaches. So let's talk about some of the different types. We have migraines, which are definitely some of the the most well-addressed headaches out there. There are a lot of different forums. There's a lot of different medicine. There's a lot of different options. And there's a lot of things that work and don't work for a lot of people. There are sinus headaches. There are cluster headaches. There are tension headaches. There are headaches from caffeine withdrawal, which is definitely something that I have to battle with when I decide to give up coffee every so often. And I can tell you that cannabis really doesn't do much for that kind of headache. So it's not going to help with everything. But for those sinus headaches, cluster headaches, tension headaches, there are answers. And it isn't always going to be about smoking that will help you find relief from your headache. Now, anybody who has spent a serious amount of time in pain from headaches has generally probably tried to find the trigger for their headaches. So if you know the trigger, that's going to go a long way into factoring into how cannabis is going to help you either avoid headaches or deal with headaches, manage headaches in some way. If sleep or a lack of sleep is an issue that leads to your migraines, choosing an indica-based cannabis strain to help you sleep is going to be the best way to use cannabis to avoid your migraines. Avoiding pain is way easier than making it go away, right? I think there's a theme. I think there's a theme to this podcast this week. But no matter how hard we try, sometimes there's just no good answer. There's nothing that we can really pin down on it. And these things just flare up. So when you're actually going to try and treat a migraine or a tension headache or a cluster headache in the moment, one, you want to treat that thing as quickly as possible. If you know that a headache is coming on, you want to use cannabis then. You don't want to wait and then try to to make it go away. You want to attack it as quickly as possible. And this goes for almost everything that cannabis is treating. If you're using cannabis topically to treat bruises or abrasions, again, like I've talked about, using it right away makes a huge difference than even waiting just an hour more would. 
And I think one of the places that we see that most effectively is in this headache realm. And this also plays back into my need to see cannabis be a first option and not a last option or a near to last option. So generally, for this kind of pain management, sativas and sativa dominant hybrids are routinely the best option. Something that's very racy, heady, intense euphoria, potentially very anxiety inducing, something that gets you red in the face. If you're just using it recreationally, those are great for headaches. Some strains by name are headband, train wreck, Jack Rare. Um, I heard about Purple Arrow as a more indica dominant one. The strain is going to vary depending on your type of headache and your particular needs. So you might have migraines, but you might, might have migraines with fibromyalgia. So a pure sativa option might flare up your fibro while treating your migraine, which doesn't really make you feel any better. Whereas something like the purple arrow might treat your migraine and alleviate some of your fibro, thereby giving you a better, more balanced option. And I think this is why some people find that Blue Dream is a really great option for headaches. And personally, Blue Dream can actually make my headache worse. Anything indica leaning when I have a migraine coming on or some sort of tension headache or especially a sinus headache. Any kind of indica actually just makes all that pain so much worse. I really start to feel the pulse of the pressure when I, I get something that has too much indica in it. Now, Leafly has a great source of information on different types of strains that people are using for different types of headaches. Unfortunately, as is the problem with Leafly, it kind of runs the gamut of a lot of popular strains. And there'll be indicas, there'll be hybrids, and there'll be sativas. I will say it's mostly hybrids and sativas. And a lot of those hybrids are sativa-dominant or sativa-leaning hybrids. And you always have to remember that every batch is different. So again, going back to the Blue Dream, sometimes it just runs way more sativa and in the head than it does in the body. And other times it's very body relaxing and very hazy in the head. And hazy isn't always a great option for very intense pain. Um, hazy might be a good option for something that's a tension headache but again, I really find that anything that focuses a lot of energy cerebrally, like the headband does, which is named so because it usually makes you feel like you're wearing a headband on your head if you are not having a headache or if you're just trying to get stoned. And that kind of energy is perfect for people who are experiencing pain in their head. Headband is my favorite go-to option strain to recommend for people who are experiencing migraines, and I find a lot of success in return with that. But headband isn't a great option for all migraines. I have another friend who may or may not be able to come on the podcast, we'll see, uh, who is using Trainwreck which is a cheesier, barrier, slightly earthy option 
Um, and, and that's been able to treat her chronic daily pain until she ran out. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that, that people find medicine and don't have access to it on a regular basis. It just, it's not my fault. It's not their fault. It's the man's fault. And the man is a faceless blob. Picking it back up. Picking it back up. It's okay. Happy that we have found an option. Trainwreck, luckily, is a pretty popular strain. Uh, let's see. What are some other options? Possibly some Alaskan Thunderfuck. Um, some AK-47. These are both ones that can be really focused in the head. Oh, J13, of course, any of the, the very jack heavy mixes. And then again, some people are just going to be so blessed that pretty much any strain helps their headache go away. And power to you, you lucky sons of bitches. Now, along with any strain, which would point to not just the amount of THC, but more specifically the terpene ratios that are available, which are addressing uh, specific hormonal issues that are causing or triggering these headaches, specific cannabinoids can also be the key to relieving a headache. Some people find absolutely, and I will say most people when trying to relieve their headaches, find no relief through CBD use, which doesn't make sense because you're like, it's a neuroprotectant. The brain is full of neurons. Why doesn't this neuroprotectant make your neurons feel better? And that's because at this moment, there's either, there, there's too much activity going on. So you need to address that. You need to fight the fire with the fire. Um, so while some people may just find that, that neuroprotection really evens out their issues, power to you, you might also need to address a terpene issue. So there might be a specific CBD strain that helps. Again, you can mix the THC to CBD. I think a one-to-one strain ratio, um, kind of like harlequin harlequin can be pretty one-to-one and slightly sativa leaning uh i think that a lot of people can find a lot of relief with that without getting all of that extra anxiety that can come with those racy sativas but because cbd can actually alleviate some of the effects of thc can block some of the effects of thc when we're finding relief and we're using higher amounts of CBD too, we're blocking the relief that we might have been finding from THC. And THC is magnifying those effects of the terpenes within our body. Whereas CBD, there's no magnification. It just kind of plays alongside of it. So what I usually like to recommend is a very low dosage of CBD to go with your THC. Uh, just a, a couple of milligrams of CBD to help even you out, to promote that, that neuron evenness, that homeostasis with the CBD, while also attacking the pain of the headache with your THC in fuller abundance. Another thing that I want to talk about is the use of THCA as an option. Um, if you are a regular listener, then you know that Soothing Sue's is my go-to THCA, which is 
a cannabis-infused coconut oil that has not been activated into THC yet, so it won't get you high. Now, specifically, I use THCA two ways to address headaches. With my sinus headaches, I use it, um, the Soothing Soothes, on a Q-tip for nasal decongestion and in the ears to reduce swelling within those sinus cavities. Uh, I also um, should say that I use it in my mouth too, because sometimes I have to treat the jaw area, the jaw joints, um, the swelling behind there in the sinuses can get very intense. And when it comes to treating headaches and inflammation and sinus pressure, it's about targeted application. So just trying to reach as much of my sinuses as possible with the THCA is one of my tricks. And then another thing that I do is I use a BHO extraction that is heavy in THCA as a type of transdermal patch. I basically use a tiny bit of wax or shatter and I apply that to my forehead at my temples and my third eye or wherever the pain is most intense. Uh, Another thing that I do is sometimes you get tension headaches or sinus headaches because there's swelling from the glands in your neck or there's muscle tension in your neck. And using THC and or CBD and or THCA is a way to address that tension topically and thereby relieving a lot of the pain of the headache. Um, headaches are one thing that you would use uh, this, the shampoos and the conditioners for if you see medicated shampoos and conditioners. I used to think that was the stupidest product in the world. And then when I had a headache and I really wanted to use the THCA in like just on the top of my head, I was like, oh, I could see where just washing my hair right now and letting it soak in some cannabis product would be really beneficial right now. And in that sense, you can also use bath salts. Uh, You can run a bath and medicate it with either medicated oil or medicated bath salts. Um, There's a lot of different bath options. The beauty market is going to blow up with cannabis. It's going to be awesome. And that's one way to kind of soak your whole head in it too and address cannabinoids directly to that area. Uh, I think in the last podcast, I also recommended a different podcast called The Medical Pot Guide, specifically because I love this guy's interviews. And he had another really intriguing one this week. And this lady, she... uh She's quite a story. And one of the things at the very end that she talks about, she, she has a multitude of, of health issues um, that she's been dealing with. One of them was seizures. And she mentioned that THCA is actually her new go-to, that THCA is doing for her seizures what CBD used to do, and that... Her whole plant medicine right now is treating all kinds of things just with the THCA. And to me, which is not surprising, but amazing in its its incredibleness. I mean, it seems like it's it can't be real, but it is. 
Uh, so I really think that THCA as an edible can go a long way to preventing and or treating headaches. If uh, we don't know what causes them, and it might be inflammation in the brain, we don't we don't even know yet. And I certainly don't have enough disorders to let you know how it can work. I can just tell you that it is amazing. And I just think there's so many types of inflammation that we can treat with THCA. So let's see, we've talked about different ways to use it. You can use it topically as the wax. You can also just use lotion, a lot of salves, a lot of people just applying a really great uh, medicated ointment on their head and the back of their neck, along the, the backs of their ears. These can really help relax the muscles in our head, which especially for tension headaches, can do a lot to relieve the pain. It might not be enough for migraines, but it can help. But when it comes to to migraines or cluster headaches, really what you want to do is smoke it or vape it as quickly as possible. And if you can't do either of those, tinctures are going to be the next fastest thing. Though eating it to attack a migraine or a headache as it's coming on is much less helpful than smoking or vaping it. Smoking and vaping are the fastest ways to get the medicine to your head and to stop the pain. That being said, eating a little bit of cannabis every day is a great way to potentially start staving off and reducing the number of your your headaches, uh, the frequency that you're experiencing them. Juicing is one way to get a a small amount of cannabinoids slowly every day if you are a grower and uh, you ha- or you have access to a lot of fresh material. You want to make sure it's fresh, though. But this is really going to be one of those things that really confuses doctors because smoking and vaping is just the most effective way to treat a headache. And the sooner you do it, the sooner you can start finding relief. Now, That being said, there are some side effects and some downsides. Sativas can cause anxiety, sleeplessness. So again, if not getting enough sleep is one of the reasons why you have migraines, using a sativa to prevent migraines may lead to other issues. So you might also need to include an indica or keep a more indica-based hybrid in mind when addressing your particular issues. Another thing you want to do is really using small doses to focus on medicinal use. If you take just one or two tokes a day to really help your body save up those cannabinoids and and hopefully keep those headaches at bay, you you should be able to, to do just a little bit and find that you aren't overwhelmed by anxiety or sleeplessness. And this is, again, when using an edible, which can be a little bit more targeted for that kind of preemptive medicine, really helps. Another side effect or downside is that the smoking or vaping doesn't last as long as you usually need it to or want it to, for sure. And and that's when getting it in as quickly as possible comes into to play, preventing the pain trying to keep it as minimal as possible is going to make sure that your medicine goes a little bit farther. Sometimes you just can't stop everything. Um, But, you know, really trying to hit it as quickly as possible. And if 
small toques aren't working for you, using your topical application as well, using uh, an edible with your first smoke so that as that first smoke uh, wears off, potentially an edible can kick in and last much longer than just the smoking would. But edibles don't work as well as smoking for everyone. So you might have to play with it. Again, tinctures are always a great option too because they work as both a sublingual effect, which is much more quick than than uh, an edible would be, which has to metabolize through your system. It's not as quick as smoking, so it's a really good middle ground. So if you both smoke and then use a tincture, that's another way to, to really get the doses in there and keep up the cannabinoid levels that are needed to stave off the headache until it's just going to go away or until you level back out again and no longer need to, to be medicated. Of course, another downside or stupid drug test. It's just medical marijuana isn't an option for everyone at this moment. We'll keep working on it. I promise. Uh, One of the side effects that I'm not really seeing that is a very common side effect of the prescription painkillers is what is known as rebound headaches. Uh, And that is a down regulation that that can happen with opioids or sometimes THCA too. If you over medicate with THCA, it'll just stop working. Um, Or if you over medicate to begin with, it will never work. Um, But opioids too, a lot of times they just stop working and all the pain comes back, whether that's muscle pain or nerve pain or headache pain. But that doesn't seem to happen with cannabis. When people find a strain that works for them, it seems to continue working. And in fact, a lot of people experience headaches when they stop smoking marijuana, and a lot of researchers seem to, to believe that this indicates they were treating a condition they didn't even know they had. It's not really, it, it works easier to say, based on the anecdotal evidence and the clinical trials, uh, which Leafly also had an article about and which uh, I will have a post to. Uh, there was a clinical trial done about migraines and cannabis with a fairly overwhelming success rate. Though, again, there were some who it didn't work for at all. But in general, when people talk about cannabis working for their headaches, it works for their headaches. And it doesn't stop working. What happens is they are no longer able to get access to the medicine that was working for them. And that is just unacceptable. But that's going to wrap up my headache section. Uh, If uh, you listen to next week's episode, maybe I'll have some stoner moments about some things that I missed if you feel that I didn't answer all of your questions. Or you can always hit me up with your questions too. I've got a podcast website, thespliffpodcast.com, two Fs, two Ts, no D. And I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. You can send me a Gmail, thespliffpodcast at gmail.com. We even got a phone number if you want to keep it old school like that and give me a call, 209-867-7543. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe so that you are able to download the podcast every week. Uh, Feel free to rate and review in iTunes or wherever you are listening to me. 
And uh, I've got a Patreon if you find this information valuable to you and you would like to show that value with some monetary compensation. I got that all set up for you. Patreon.com. I think it's slash the spliff podcast, but I'll have to double check. Don't be shy. Reach out to me, guys. I'm friendly. See, I'm about to safety meeting right now. You don't get more friendly than that. Let's socialize. Safety. So for this week's safety, I've got another trend that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I got some, uh, I got some live resin at a dispensary a couple weeks back and just a half gram to try it out. It wasn't a terrible price. And I think I got a discount because I was a new patient. So that certainly helped. But let's see here. It's called Midas Amazing Extracts. And the strain itself was called A-Dub, which was a newer one to me. And it's indica dominant. So I save it for night. And it, it is very relaxing. That, that definitely, it doesn't help me sleep, but it is very relaxing. But that's not what I wanted to talk about so much as the packaging that the live resin came in. One, the packaging of the company is in this cute little like slide box. So it's a bit much... As a hippie, I'm like, eh, it's kind of waste, but at the same time, it's super cool. But the live resin itself was a pull and snap uh, quality, just, just hinging on the edge of shatter. And it was packaged with this plastic lining material. Like, you know, like if you're going to paint a room or something and or if things are going to get real messy or if you want to make an outdoor slip and slide, you get this really heavy-duty plastic lining. That is what was used for this live resin. And I can see where it wouldn't be the best material for a lot of different concentrates. But for pull and snap and for shatter, wow, it's really, really amazing. Sometimes these things can butter up, they, they change consistency, and they get really crystally, and they start to look more sugary. And the parchment paper can start to absorb some of the oil. One of the reasons why we use parchment paper instead of wax paper is that wax paper will meld with your cannabis concentrate. So then what you're actually smoking or vaporizing is the wax from the wax paper. Whereas parchment paper will sometimes just start to absorb some of the the excess terpenes after a while that are in your cannabis. Now the plastic lining doesn't do any of that. It is super clean. It's super high quality. And it really steps up the game a notch. I, I I just love it. Um, so yeah, plastic sheeting, plastic lining. I'm not sure what they're calling it, but Midas, you got that gold touch. All right, you guys, that's going to wrap it up this time. I think next week I might talk about women's health, though I'm not sure. I still got that big pharma episode I got to do and stuff. Anyway, if you want to hear something, reach out. I, I usually like to keep keep it uh, 
relevant to what's going on in my life and and take whatever inspiration is finding me uh, from those around me and then put it back out into the world in a way that I hope helps. Uh, Speaking of which, there's still a lot of people who could use some love out there. Mark, Heather, uh, just so you know, we're all thinking about Duncan and Freedom. And then uh, I have a new friend, Donna, who who could use a little love too. And then uh, if we could all send out some love to Gussie. (sighs) Thinking about you guys. Thanks for splipping it. Ciao for now.